listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Joel, Giselle, and Kyrie, we're here until midnight. Then it's SportsCenter all night here on 98.7 ESPN. Well, how was your weekend? Yeah, I know. I got it. I understand. I do. Glad we made it to a Monday, though. And yes, we will talk about the situation with Major League Baseball because the latest proposal by the players shot down by the owners. We'll give you our thoughts about that in the second hour. But in the first hour, it's about the situation with George Floyd. And it's about the protesting. And it's about everything that we've been talking about over the past now week. But tonight, I'm interested in solutions. That's what I want to talk about. I'm interested in solutions. I'm interested in preparing to move forward. Our Twitter poll question at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. What can you do to help move towards positive change? Is it protest? Is it change in your circle? Is it ready to vote for change or is it nothing? Now, let me talk about that in a second, especially the change in your circle. Now, we can be honest with each other, as we always are on this program. And in listening to this and watching what's going on and having conversations with folks, we all can do something. White, black, Asian, whatever, whatever the race, we all, all of us can do something to affect change. Right. And it starts with us. It starts individually. It starts in the people you deal with every day. It starts with your coworkers. It starts with family. It starts with everybody you run into that you're close to or you meet. Now, you and I both know that there are conversations and innuendo and things that are said about other people who are different from you in your conversations, and sometimes you just respond like this. That can't happen anymore. You're going to have to challenge situations like that. When somebody says something that you know is not correct, when somebody says something that is off color, when somebody says something that they should not say, You can't just now sit passively by. And I'm saying this about me, too, because I've done it. I've had people say things that I didn't, you know, I'd I'd say to myself, boy, how dumb is that? But I didn't say anything. And, you know, in retrospect, I am then saying that's okay. I'm saying, you know what? Uh, That's permissible. I, I am agreeing with you. And that's not that's not the way to go. So that's one thing that I know I'm going to do to try to affect change is to make sure that I speak out among things and the and the off color comments I may hear with folks that I deal with. So those are the things I'm talking about when I say change in your circle. All right. It may also mean to educate folks who are younger than you may mean to educate kids or grandkids or or young people in your circle among your family. 
that needs to understand, that may be misinformed, that could see something on the Internet and look at it one way but not understand that that's not exactly what it's supposed to be, that there's another side to that story. So that's what I'm talking about when I say change in your circle. So it's about, and when I say what can you do, that's all of us, all of us. People who have taken the stand, who I was pretty impressed with hearing from. The first was on first take. He is P.J. Fleck. He's the coach of the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And he said the one thing that he's impressed about this is that he's confident this generation can change what's been going on. You know, as a football coach, you're in charge and you're responsible for 115 young men of every race, every religion, every background, every family background. And they're all working together to strive and come up with all the common goals. And they share those. Everybody's rowing towards the same thing, same vision. Uh, they love together. They win together. They share defeat together. They lose together. We share our differences together. The world right now can learn a lot from college football teams. Half of my players are African-American. Half are Caucasian and white. And the world can learn a lot about how these young people are standing up, saying what they feel, and making sure their voices are heard. And as a head football coach, that's our responsibility. This week, we've told, I've told our football team, I'm a 39-year-old white Caucasian male. I'm not your head football coach. You tell me, you call me, I'm here to listen. Too many times as a head coach, we want to talk and talk and talk and talk. And we get paid to talk and we talk for a living. But this is a time to listen and to have empathy and to be very real of what's going on with the social injustice around us. This is a life program, not a football program. Our program takes on societal issues head on. We keep open dialogue with our players about those societal issues. We have a gopher for life program about things that happen in our society. And it doesn't just have to happen in Minneapolis for us to talk about it. I think as a, uh, a, a educator, a teacher, a head coach in 2020, it is our obligation to take what's happening around the world at certain times and be there to teach and educate our students and give them a platform to be able to make sure that their voice is heard. It's about conversation. It's about listening. And we talk about that a lot, right? And we talk about it and people say, oh, yeah, we talk and we talk and so what? No, it's conversation, conversation, learning what somebody else is going through, learning about their experiences. That's part of how you move on. It's part of how you solve it. It's just a positive step towards getting to a different end. David Fisdale, former Knicks head coach was on with Barton Hahn, and he spoke about a new NBA committee on racial justice and reform that's about to happen. The ambition is for real action steps that, that lead towards real reform and social injustice and, and in our police departments. You know, we're going to connect. Obviously, we can't do this alone. We're going to try to collaborate with our players and our Players Association, Adam Silver and the whole NBA, uh, a lot of community leaders, also our law enforcement officials, and really try to come up, you know, with real real solutions bringing equity uh, to our, our communities, especially our communities of African-Americans, because 
it's just it's to a point now that uh, if we don't do something, and, and and the thing that I'm most proud of is, is our white coaches. They understand that that none of this is going to move if just you know me, Lloyd Pierce, J.B. Bickerstaff, Dwayne Casey, and Alvin Gentry, and Nate McMillan, and Mike Brown, guys like that. If it's just us, nothing's going to happen. And so they really understand how important they are to this deal. You know, when you talk about the likes of Pop and Kerr and Stan Van Gundy and Eric Spostras and 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 all of the other coaches, you know that that are involved in this deal uh, wholeheartedly. They understand that they have a huge, huge role to play if we're going to make any dents in this. No question about it. It's about trying to move forward to make sure that we're not in this situation again. Spike's in Jersey. Spike, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Thank you for getting me on. I often call you Brother Larry because we're all brothers and sisters, and you know how I feel about you. I called Gordon this morning. I wanted to make sure my voice was heard today. Not much left to it. I hear people say that um, the John Calipari's and the Popovich's, and it's that's all well and good. But you've watched enough telethons in your life, and you always hear the same thing. I know we're not the same age, but you're closer to me than I, you know, than others. <laughs> they always say it's the one dollar and two dollars, the small contributions. You know what I'm saying? And. It's not what the big people with the big platforms say. That helps. But if everybody and the people that know me that listen to this program, all my friends I've developed friendships with, just knocked on the door next to them, on either side of them, if you're in an apartment, if you're in a home. And everybody did that, and you multiplied out, that's a lot more powerful than all the big voices. Because the big voices are usually untouchable people in terms of uh, you know wealth and 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 uh, you know they're protected they everyone knows who they are it's the little guy i feel helpless man i feel i've lived my life you know where i'm at in my life and i lived it and i've been as fair and kind as i can be uh, I, some people say they haven't made a big enough effort i don't feel that way i felt i've always reached out and made that effort and i told you once before i've grown up with the creed of do something nice for someone else every day and you'll be a better person i try to do it even if i try to make you laugh or smile or hold the lady or hold the lady for a door i'm all right i'm so tired i'm holding the door for the lady well, Larry, we all got to go next door, go left, go right. If you go across the street and go behind your house or apartment building, go up a floor, go down a floor, bring a pie, bring a cake. I don't see color. You know that. I've argued that forever with people. Of course I see it. But it doesn't mean anything to me. You're as good as I am or better than I am. I'm tired. I'm beaten down by all this. I understand there has to be protests. I understand some of the intricacies of the protesters. There's some bad factors in there that create this and that. you got to pay the piper somewhere. So some stores are broken. Glass can be fixed. Souls can't be fixed. we got to reach out. And everyone that's going to call later, you all know I love you guys, and ladies, and, and it's just uh, I'm, I'm beating down, beating an old guy down. And don't do that. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I've seen it all, pretty much. Yeah. I saw Detroit in 67. The World Series brought it back together after 24, 500 stores were burned down on the main street. 2,500 stores. Yeah. But when the Tigers came back and beat Bob Gibson, you remember that. Sure. And and, yep. and what was that hefty lefty? Uh, Mickey Lolich? Mickey Lolich. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jim Northrup at the Danny home. McLean. 
Right. 31 games that year. Yeah, 30 games. And the tanks were in Detroit. The tanks were dispatched. And the people, once that World Series, baseball meant a lot more than that it does now. But once those that Detroit won that World Series, it seems like it was healed. Now, it took a long time to build the city back. But Mm -hmm. all I'm asking everybody... I'm not going to apologize. I got I got enough enough flack yeah, for that. We're not having that spike. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. Gonna, I'm just asking everybody. Let the big people, the big shots, so to speak, highfalutin. Let them do their thing. That's fine. That's wonderful. Whether they do it or not, it's up to them. I don't have any expectations for Michael Jordan, LeBron James to do that. They're expected to do that in their own inimitable way. But let the, the, the people that call this program just tomorrow or the next day or the next day help someone, knock on someone's door, check on an old person. Everyone's forgot about COVID. I see the crowds and the protesters. Yeah. Man, yep. I mean, this thing ain't over yet. So anyway, I'm glad I could stay up. And you know I only wish you good health. And everyone that calls, you know how I feel about each and every one of you guys. So you have a wonderful evening. You too, Spike. Thanks again. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Before we get back to the calls, I want to hear from Devin George. You remember Devin George? former NBA forward, he was on with Golik and Wingo this morning, and he gave his thoughts on what positivity he's seen from these protests. Um, People that have been crying out for help, people that have been crying out um, uh, to let people know the things that have been going on in these communities, I think people understand that it's real, that it's true, that those things really did happen, and I think everyone's got... You know, they got everyone's attention. Um, I think that's the most popular. That's one of the positive things. The other thing is that I'm seeing now is that there's more and more um, people that are in the system that weren't trusted as far as, you know, people in high places in the government or police officers are coming out supporting and saying what was done was wrong. I stand with you. That's not right. That's helping a little bit, but there's a lot, there's a, there's a long way to go. It is. But once again, it's at least acknowledgement that there's a problem. We haven't had a whole lot of acknowledgement that there's a problem, right? That's why we're at this situation. That's why we're here, because there's no acknowledgement. Got to be some closure on these issues. Marvin's in the Bronx. Hey, Marvin, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. First, I must correct you. I'm a big Joe Lewis fan historically. Um, there was a lot of white folks that didn't win Joe Lewis a win because they considered him just a black man in this country, especially in the southern regions of this country, if you know that time around June 22nd, 1938. But uh, but he won anyway. So mm-hmm. but I'm going to go there. The most shocking experience that leads me to what I'm about to say, and I'm not sugarcoating. Years ago, I had a discussion with a with a psychologist. And she made this statement pointedly to me. She said, the job of the police, but control blacks. I mean, I looked at her and she said, no, I'm not backing down from that. You know, the police departments have a history. They're precursor with the slave patrols that, that, that helped perpetuate slavery. And the scariest thing about the police, a lot of racism was conducted and condolences conduct this country because black Americans couldn't go to law enforcement. Mm. Criminal justice system has to take a look at themselves. We're 4.3% of the population of this planet, and yet we have more people incarcerated than any 
country in the world, and half of that are, bl- are black people. And before 1960, most of the people in jail were white. But we know what happened was started in 1960. 61, the sit-in started, and the civil rights movement so really got into full gear. So white people ought to take a look at themselves. And, and I love this country. I got, a, I got 85 combat missions in Iraq at age 50. You know, I got seven combat medals. My wife asked me how come uh, I don't put a flag out. I don't wave flags. I, I respect people that put uniforms on. And I'm saying it to that cat in the one, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the draft dodger, otherwise, a.k.a. the president. But this country has to look at itself because we, all we ask for is a seat at the table. Because we built this country off our backs. You're right. There's no question, Marvin. Thanks for checking in. It's true. It's true. Got to do better. Have to do better. John's in Brooklyn. John, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. How you doing? Pleasure to speak to you, man. Same here, John. What's going on, partner? Listen, I've been listening all day to all the shows and stuff, and uh, some people have expressed frustration on what what can they do, and they feel powerful. And and I'd say simply, listen, be a better person. Treat people fairly. Whatever you can do, whether you contribute your time or or money or anything like that, do it. The thing is is that no matter how small it is, it can help. Uh, Quick story. Uh, You you, you know Roz Golden Wooday who works at ESPN? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the thing is she says she was frustrated because she's given money, she's given to what else could she do? I says, do whatever you can to, 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 to make this to make this work. I says, remember, a large project is the result of many small tasks. And right. to just find something and just and, and just go at it and, and, and keep and keep going by trying to be a a, a person a, 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 a instrument of positive change. Sounds good, John. That works. Mm-hmm. That that's very simple and very doable, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Thanks for checking in. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. Here's some early polling. What can you do to help move towards positive change? Protest? Change in your inner, change in your circle? Ready to vote for change? Or nothing? So 7.8% of you say protest. 19.2% say change in your circle. 54.5% say ready to vote for change. And 18.6% of you say nothing. I'm concerned about the 18.6% of you. Because nothing is what got us to where we are here. Doing nothing it doesn't help. Doing nothing doesn't change the situation. Doing nothing makes it status quo. There's always something you can do. And maybe as Spike mentioned, when you hear the John Calipari's and you hear the the big name folks, you're like, oh, those are big name people. But there are some people that resonate with those folks. There's some people who need to hear that those folks are thinking and on the same page. And, oh, okay, well, if he feels that way, then it's okay for me to follow along. It's okay for me to to do something. It's okay for me to reach out. It's okay for me to at least examine it. Nothing is not the answer. Nothing is never the answer. Something always has to be done. Something can be done. Even if it means that you go across the street and talk to your neighbor and say, hey, you know, you okay today? You see what's going on? Man, it's rough, isn't it? And have that conversation. So no, nothing is disappointing, <laughs> to say the least.
Nothing is not what I want to hear at all. Not. Mentioned John Calipari, right? He spoke out today, his statement on George Floyd. What happened earlier this week in Minnesota and what's happened too often in our country has made me sick and has made a lot of Americans sick. It's wrong. It's unacceptable. and We have to do better. We have to demand better. What I will say is this. I want to be a part of the answer in any way I can. It may be a small part, but I can't stand on the sidelines while my players, my staff, their sons and daughters, our fans and so many others live with fear and injustices. The thing I want to do is talk about it. And I know people are going to say we've done enough talking, but I believe there's got to be dialogue. There's got to be back and forth. I want to talk through thoughts with leaders who can come together and help this situation. I hope to do it soon, probably next week on a platform where we can generate some real discussion. My hope was to do it tomorrow on Coffee with Cal, but I want to do it the right way. I want us to give it some real thought and hopefully come away with answers. For now, I don't have those answers, and I hope people can respect that. This has been a tough week for all of us, but I can't pretend to know some of the real pain others have been feeling right now. For those reasons, I'm going to put a temporary hold on our Coffee with Cal episode tomorrow and take a moment of silence. We all should, in remembrance of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, and so many others who have died without reason. The intention of Coffee with Cal was to bring relief for COVID-19. And we will continue to do so in future episodes. But for now, I want us to shift to some other issues and plan to address them in the coming weeks. John Calipari. Like what he said, important understanding the moment and when you consider that he wants to have a conversation well that's how it gets better folks that's how it gets better at hardest ESPN at ESPN and wide 98 underscore 7 FM only a giant responded to our poll question. Earlier, he was unhappy with the poll. He said, this poll sucks. How about going into communities and embracing one another, show each other love to random strangers of race, greet each other like we're all neighbors. And I retweeted back to him, great, if that's what you, if that's your option, do it. But what happens if you're not comfortable doing that? And he responded, my options are what I would prefer to do. Protests have been done before. How about actually showing love? White people going into black neighborhoods and showing support, showing love, smiling and greeting. Show each other we don't look down upon each other. Something. That would be great. And I applaud that. And I applaud anybody who wants to do that. But the only thing I will say to Giants Only 1925 again is... What if you're a white person who's uncomfortable doing that? That's you. That's great. And you know what? Take a bunch of folks with you when you go in. That would be fabulous. Fabulous. That would help the communication, right? That would be excellent. But what if you're not comfortable doing that? 
the one point that I do agree with him about also is where he says, do something. And that's what I'm saying to these folks uh, who are responded almost 20% saying they would do nothing. Not the right answer. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. To the phones. Harry's in Brooklyn. Hey, Harry, you're next on 98.7. Larry, thanks for taking my call. I'm an angry black man, and I'm 77 years old. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And the reason why I'm so angry is because they took us from my people from Africa and enslaved us there and brought us to this country. And it started then. They brought us to this country and they took our language. The language that you and I speak right now is not our native language. This is the king's language, the queen's language that we speak. So they stripped us of our language. They've been stripping us ever since we've been here in this country. But this has been going on since we've been here. It didn't just start with, the, with, these, with these deaths uh, recently. And I just want to say that because this thing has been going on for such a long time, the stuff that I've seen in my lifetime, like I said, I'm 77. For 60 years, I've been angry. And I'm trying to figure out what took us so long to get us to this point. I mean, I've been, I've been stopped here in this city, in New York City, over 40 times. Over 40 times in my lifetime, born and raised here in the city, with no exaggeration. And then they wonder why I'm so angry. But when I tell people this, they say, wait a minute, you ain't doing nothing but playing the race card. I'm not playing the race card. That's a part of our life, the history of, of my people in this country. And when I say that, people say, well, you know, you got to be exact. There's no exaggeration because now... With the invention of the, the cell phone, everybody got one. People are seeing them more. They yeah. just didn't see it back then because right. it's been going on all the time. They tie us to the back of trucks by our legs and they drag us at 40 miles an hour over paving roads and they skin us a lot. They hang us from trees. This has been going on forever, forever. It didn't just start. And people wonder why I'm so angry. I'm trying to, to put my anger aside and understand what's taking everybody so long. The basketball coaches, well, now we're saying something. Wait a minute, you've had our kids playing NCAA basketball for a long time. What took you so long? Why just now? It's very simply, Harry. It's very simply, Harry. Thanks for the phone call. And you're right. And here's why. As you mentioned, everybody that has a phone has a camera. We watched a murder live on TV. On your smartphone. On your iPad. That's what we saw. A murder by a police officer to a citizen of the United States of America. That's what we saw. Not we heard about, not there were photos, not we saw it on the late news. We saw it in real time as it happened a week ago today. That's why we're sick of it. That's what, that was the final straw. There's always, there's an old saying, the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, guess what? That was it. That was the straw. Benny's in San Antonio. Hey, Benny, you're next on 98.7. Hey, good evening, Larry, and uh, good evening to the uh, whole crew that's uh, working on ESPN New York. 
Hey, man, um, I'm a 42-year-old um, Afro-Latino male. Um, I reside in San Antonio. I am originally from Coney Island, Brooklyn. Uh, shout out to all my people out in New York City. And uh, my hearts go out to everybody across the country listening. Larry, I just wanted to point out a uh, quick point. It's really unfortunate about the straw that broke the camel's, or rather the, the, the camel's back. But as of March 11th, you know, the whole world was dealing with the COVID-19 thing. It was brought to light on March 11th, unfortunately. With that being said, all, all 50 governors in these United States of the America were put on alert. And with that being said, it is the responsibility of the heads of the states who happen to be the all 50 governors in the United States. They had the power, the ability to deploy the National Guard at their discretion, even if it were a percentage of the personnel made available to them at the time. But they did have the option not to say what happened to George Floyd. And my heart goes out to his family. My heart goes out to every family that has been put through this type of injustice or any injustices. The thing is, is that we are losing this country simply for the fact that during this pandemic, people have been placed out of work. Businesses have been forced to close. People cannot move. As you mentioned, Larry, and I'll say it this way, this was the balloon that blew up. And then unfortunately with the death of Mr. Floyd, was the pin that popped the balloon. And as a result, we're seeing protests. But then again, on the other half, we're seeing looting on the back ends of the protest. With that being said, for the fact that all 50 governors didn't step up and not see a balloon popping, which is unfortunate due to the death of political injustice with Mr. Floyd, we are where we're at today. And the question is, Larry, as you mentioned, what solutions can we bring onto the table? Because when this balloon popped, it made such a mess nationwide. ESPN New York, you guys, every day with all the shows and you have a nationwide uh, broadcasting. I'm in San Antonio and I still listen to you guys. Mm -hmm. I, I want to look forward to when we can hear about the starting of baseball, of the hockey season, finishing off the NBA playoffs, and most importantly, getting ready for the NFL season. Well, I'll tell you this, Benny, and, and thanks for the phone call. Thanks for checking in. It'll be a nice diversion if we have that back, but that's not going to make this go away. And, you know, I understand your point about the National Guard, but we wouldn't need National Guard in this situation had the folks in Minnesota arrested all four officers immediately. I don't think we'd have this situation now. They had a press conference. We don't have, we may not have enough evidence. We may not have this. We may not have that. Days went by three, four days. And remember, here's the thing. The police chief fired all four immediately. Immediately. Why did it take them so long to arrest one? And we're still waiting for the arrest of the other three. So I submit to you, had all of them been taken into custody based on the video evidence, we still would not be having these protests right now. Still wouldn't. We would not. Not to this extent. 
because it looks as though, once again, that nothing is going to be done. And that's why they're protesting. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.